0: You are listening to Time to Revive. This show is designed to help you get the confidence to share your faith in everyday life. The music in the background is Revival from Third Day. My name is Angie and in the studio with me today is Mr. Mark Byrd with Revive Ohio.
1: Hey, good day Angie.
0: And today we're gonna start a brand new series in where we're talking about outreach to our families. Now we normally talk about outreach to people outside of the church, but what about in our own families, Mark?
1: It's very important, isn't it?
0: Uh, yeah, it's something that we don't talk about very often. We're always told to tell other people right. outside the church, because they're not in the church, about
1: Christ. But yet when we come to different cities, Angie, I ask very frequently, I ask the people like who are struggling with the fear... The fear of sharing the gospel. Well, how many of you would say that you really would like to have someone share the gospel with your family? Yeah. And every hand goes up, obviously, absolutely. right? Absolutely. Yeah. And so that's the whole key to it is everybody wants their family to, to know the Lord, right? Every parent that is a God-fearing parent mm-hmm. would definitely want their children to know the Lord, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And so over the next few weeks, we're going to talk about... Sharing the gospel with our own family in the household, and then our extended family. But today, it's the why. Let's just talk about... Why it's important?
1: Yeah, why is it important to do that? And of course, I always go to the scriptures to answer those questions, Angie. I As guess. you should, <laughs> right? And I think that's what all of us should do, really, to look for all the answers in the Word. And, and I want to go to the Book of Acts today because there's so many instances in the Book of Acts where people went about sharing the gospel. Right? It is a book of the acts of the apostles. Right. right and right. what did they do in those in the in that book? They shared the gospel in many scenarios. And starting in verse 11, it says, "'At that very moment, three men stood before the house where I was, having been sent to me from Caesarea. Then the Spirit told me to go with them, doubting nothing. Moreover, these six brethren accompanied me, and we entered the man's house.' And he told us how he had seen an angel standing in his house, who said to him, "'Send men to Joppa and call for Simon, whose surname is Peter.'" Verse 14 is what I want to focus on today. "'You who tell your words, by which you and your household will be saved.'" And as we began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell on them as upon us in the beginning. Then I remembered the word of the Lord, how it said, John indeed baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. If therefore God gave them the same gift as he gave us, when we believed on the Lord Jesus, who was I that I could withstand God? And when they heard these things, they believed and became silent, and they glorified God, saying, Then God also has granted to the Gentiles repentance unto life. And so the whole point of this is sharing the gospel with the household— if you look at this particular set of verses here it mentions the house several times that Greek word is oikos okay why is that important because it's yogurt today no what is what is the reason that uh, Dana named oikos that yogurt the reason is is because it means household because wow, they want to go. sell <laughs> yogurt in every household, right? <laughs> that is it's a, the truth, actually. Something new every day. Exactly. But here's the key to this, right? We all desire to have our family saved. And who is Peter saying, listen, it's the word of the Lord that you can take to your household. What was the promise? The promise was if you take the word of the Lord, even to the Gentiles, then your household can be saved. That's the word of the Lord here, because the ministry was, quote unquote, if you remember back in Acts chapter two, Peter preached to the Jews. But now here's Peter defending his ministry to the Gentiles.
0: So let's talk a minute about the family unit as it was during the time of the Bible. Right. I mean, it's different than what we have right
1: now. And how did the Jewish nation, how did the Jews as a people, how did they depend upon the word of God to be passed along?
0: From generation to generation. That's what the Bible tells
1: them to do. That's absolutely right. So all of the Jewish people knew that the Word of God was dependent upon the older Jews telling the younger Jews and teaching them the Word of God. And so what Peter is saying here to the Gentiles is your whole house can be saved as well now because God has made it possible Mm. through his word. You now have the same ability, the same opportunity to share the gospel so that you can see your household be saved. Now, if we will, let's go over to the next passage in Acts chapter 16, verses 27 to 32. This is a fairly familiar passage of scripture. And in verse 27, and the keeper of the prison, awakening from sleep and seeing the prison doors open, supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword and was about to kill himself. But Paul cried with a loud voice saying, do yourself no harm for we are all here. Then he called for a light ran in and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. So what's happening here is here's this man who was in charge while Paul and Silas were in prison, and the Lord shook the foundation, and their shackles fell off, and the jailer was asleep. And he knew that his life would be required because these men were free. But listen to what happens here. Listen to what Paul says. Again, in verse 29, then he called for a light, ran in, fell down trembling before Paul and Silas, and he brought them out and said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? Now, here's the kicker, verse 31, and they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved, you and your household. Now, this was the man of the house, is that correct?
0: And so, so what you're saying is the man of the house sets the tone.
1: The man of the house sets the tone. Okay. That's what these guys are saying to him, right? You have an opportunity. Not only do you have an opportunity to be saved, but you and your household.
0: Yeah, because everybody needs to make the decision. But if the father goes, right, so will everyone else.
1: So goes the household. That is the why, Angie. And so mm. that's the that's the key here. Now were Paul and Silas assuming that this man was going to bring his children to them to be discipled. Wasn't assuming that, right? No, no. He's saying you now have the opportunity to be saved, you and your household.
0: Yeah. Amen.
1: And so if you become converted, if you accept the Lord and his offer of salvation, then you and your household can be saved.
0: Okay, so now we need to take this into modern times. Because, as I was saying before, we're talking about families that... that The family unit was a lot stronger back then, and we don't necessarily have all that going for us. We have families that are not necessarily led by a male figure. Right. Or the male figure is not the one coming to the Lord. So let's talk about real life. Yeah. Let's talk about... The way that Satan is getting his little grubby little paw into families nowadays.
1: Because if you look at it just as a whole, the schools that are teaching our children are absolutely not teaching them the Word of God. They're not teaching them the foundations of our faith. They're not teaching them that the Word of God is true. And what they're actually doing is they're teaching them that it is not true. Let's face it, right? Yeah. Is that not true? Yeah. What the state-run schools are teaching the children today, all children, they're teaching them evolution. So they're teaching them that, well, Genesis is really not true, but evolution is really true.
0: And they and teach, so, they also teach them that if you want anything, you have to make it happen. Yes,
1: absolutely right. And everybody's a winner.
0: And you are the only person that's going to be able to get yourself anywhere, which is not the case when you give yourself surrendered over to Christ. It's exactly totally right. different.
1: Right. And so it boils down to our dependency on God. And what the schools are teaching our children is it's not really dependent on God. It's really dependent on you. you. Yeah. Right.
0: And I think that there's something about, okay, I lived as a single mom okay. and I was in charge of four children and their father was no longer, now he was walking with the Lord, but now he's no longer walking with the Lord. Yep. And so here I am, a single mom, and I have to be, quote-unquote, head of the household. Right. And so I take my children to church every single week, but now they're all adults, and now they're, you know, in some cases, kind of balking at it. Yep. Not all of them. Right. But they're all kind of doing their own thing. But I know without a doubt that if their father had stayed with the Lord, Mm. that they would be totally in, because they have said to me, you know, I really wish dad would start going to church again or things like that. They have said these things to me. And a couple of my sons have said, I'm going to share the gospel with him again or something, you know, so it's different. So I want to speak to those ladies that are out there who, who are doing it alone. Right. You know, I believe that God honors their hearts. It doesn't always have to be the man. Yeah. That's ideal. Yeah. In our fathers, the way he set up the family. But I, I want to encourage women out there. If they're listening, you can still make a large impact on your children.
1: Yeah, and and to me, church is all about community, right? Where there's a community of men and women coming together to help raise those children.
0: Yeah. The other thing that we're dealing with is the fact that some of of the parents that are listening right now, they don't really feel like they know enough about scripture either. And they're sitting here, how how can I teach my children when I don't even feel like I know enough? What would you say to that?
1: So the most important part is to get into the word. And if you don't feel like you've got enough of the word in you, To do that, then start with your family. Get into the Word together, just like we teach in discipleship. And we say, okay, this person may sign up to be a disciple maker to another disciple, but truly, both people will become discipled at the same time as you get into the Word together.
0: Yeah, and I think it's really good for a mom or a dad to have someone that they can go to as their disciple maker, as somebody that they can go to to ask those questions. You know, I was teaching my kids for years and years and years about the Bible, and I didn't have it all figured out. I still don't have it all figured out. Exactly. But I lived the life, and I tried to be honest when I made mistakes and said, you know, I'm not always going to be doing it right.
1: Right, and I think it's okay to say, I don't really know and that's the healthy. answer to that, and let's find out.
0: And if you dig into the Bible together, that's when the Holy Spirit starts to move and
1: exactly. you figure it
0: out. And plus, we never get it right all the time. <laughs> that's just the way it is, right? <laughs> that's so you true. Gotta, I read that Bible so many times and every time it tells me something new. <laughs>
1: right. And you're, really what you're doing is you're teaching others where to go to get the answer to any question that you have.
0: So I want to be an encouragement today
1: yes. to parents
0: that you can make a difference in your family because I think that there's a lot to say with who God entrusts us with. Now, we talk about this a lot when we say there are people who are in our lives every single day, and God entrusts us with them, and those are the people we should be sharing the gospel with. Well, it's the same with our families. Right. I've got these four children who are looking to me to help them to grow, and I need to do that with Scripture as well.
1: Absolutely, and we need to teach them that, listen— even if I don't know, even if I don't fully understand, I'm going to seek and show you how I get to the answer, Mm -hmm. how I seek and find that answer.
0: So the bottom line of today's message is we need to be sharing not only with our people around us in our circle of influence, we need to be sharing with our family. So when you're in church and your pastor is reminding us that we need to be sharing the gospel because this is a, a lost and dying world and we need to be having this sense of urgency, remember that it has to start at home. Right. And I think we forget it sometimes. I I think we do. I I hear it all the time from people going, what am I doing for my own family?
1: Yeah. And it reminds me, Angie, of a conversation that I had years ago with a youth pastor. I was serving in a church as a, a worship leader, and I was talking to the youth pastor, and he said, you know what drives me so crazy is that the parents take these broken children and they come and they drop them off to me on Sunday morning. And they said, would you please fix them? Mm. And he said, they fail to realize that it starts with them in the home.
0: Oh my gosh, that is profound. And that is something that we need to be thinking about.
1: Yeah, absolutely. absolutely.
0: Okay, so the outreach to our family, why is it important? Well, (laughs) we just gave you all of the reasons why we think it's important. There are probably many, many more. But that's what we have to say. Now let's go ahead and move over to our testimony for today.
1: I am excited today because I have my dear friend on the line with us, Jason Harris from beautiful downtown Lima, Ohio. Well, you're not really from downtown, but you're from Lima, Ohio area, Jason, but welcome to the program today, Jason. Thanks, Mark. Great to talk to you. Yeah, and brother, you know, this topic I know is near and dear to your heart, because again, thinking about this just immediately, your your face and name popped up before me, and I'm like, you know what, we need to get uh, and hear Jason's perspective on this family thing. Because Jason, you're a mm-hmm. family man. When I think of a family I man, I think of Jason Harris. Man, you're a family man who dearly loves the Lord, and also, I would say, dearly, equally loves his family. Man, Fairly. you're a man who loves to talk about your family, loves to talk about your wife and your children. I thought, man, I'd love to hear Jason's take on this. Jason, why would it be important to you in your world? Why would it be important to outreach or share with our families? Well, Mark, I think it really kind of
2: comes down to our basis of our faith and how legitimate that is, and bringing legitimacy to our faith. And I think that's where, where it really starts as far as from us. We, but both me and my wife man Amanda were not really raised in church. We came to the, to the faith later on in life, so we had a really steep learning curve about the age of 20, which is about 21 years ago. Uh, we gave our lives to Jesus, and so we just didn't want to raise hypocrites and we know that when we preach a message out to the public but we don't apply that here in our homes and that's kind of what we breed we breed rebellion out of that so it's it's very important for us to recognize that our first ministry and our most important ministry is here what we do at home um, which is kind of the antithesis of how we are in a society we like to be like publicly lauded and publicly you know uh, kind, kind of you know we're, we're we're preaching from our soapbox but But, man, I'll tell you what, the guys that have made the biggest impact in my life that have mentored me have been the ones in which I can see that there's a pattern of consistency in their family. Not that they're raising perfect kids or have a perfect wife or they're even perfect guys, but rather that this faith is the thing that's being passed down from them to the next generation. That's, That's what we've got to do in America in 2020 in regards to our faith.
1: And Jason, you talk to a lot of teenagers and a lot of youth in schools and so forth today. like you make yourself available to share in the public yeah. schools with with youth people, uh, with youth mm-hmm. and people like that. What is your perception currently, Jason? when you just go out on an average and go out to, to share the good news of Christ, to share Christ with teenagers today, what kind of response do you get, Jason?
2: I'm getting a great response, um, and and that might just be you know my view on spirituality and and the uh, <laughs> the ne- necessity of Christ being in my life, and and not really having a whole lot of dead religion to come along with my view of things. Uh, Just getting in the Word of God and just knowing God, uh, seeking the Lord that He may be found. Um, But I, I, man, I, so many people say so many negative things about this generation of young people. But man, I see there are tremendous. There's a tremendous hunger in them. They want to know the truth. They don't per se want to know Grandpa and Grandma's truth. They want to know the truth, and uh, they're being bombarded with a lot of different voices as to what that is. I think that's where obviously apologetics have to be really important for us to be able to. Um, know what we say we know, and then also know the ability to be able to say, I don't know, let me get back with you if we are in a situation. It's not fake it till you make it. We've got to give real and authentic answers to young people.
1: That's good. And you just live it out. And so with that, you you feel like how important is, you talked about role models, really mm-hmm. what i heard just saying is is people like grandparents parents like they may have a faith an authentic faith the f- the father the sure. mother the grandparents but really what the youth are looking for is they're looking for authentic faith and what okay. that might look like jason is they may see it in their parents or in their grandparents. But they need to know yeah. that it's real for themselves. And I'm reminded I'm reminded of this uh, the scripture in James just it's amazing, but it says someone will say you have faith but I have works. Show me your faith without your works and I'll show you my faith by my works. One mm-hmm. of the things that that I know about you, Jason, mm-hmm. it's is that you're out there and you're demonstrating your faith. And what you're leading with, and this is my favorite part about you, bro, is you're leading with love. (laughs) When you're talking about outreaching or sharing the gospel with your family, how important do you feel like it is to do it with love? Well,
2: it's necessary. I mean, you know, as the
1: Apostle Paul said that, you know, you have every spiritual gift in the in
2: the uh, toolbox. But if you don't have love, you don't, you know, there's no no use of the, of those spiritual gifts. And so, uh, and we just recognize that everything has to come from a place of love. I think we're at a, a point in our society where, where love and hate is highly misunderstood. And we've got to define those things accurately. Um, we've got to define that, you know, just because we stand up for the truth, it doesn't mean that we hate anybody. I mean, the best way to do that is interpersonally. And so, you know, we have very, very frank conversations in our house about, uh, about things that are going on in society or, or you know, all of my kids went to public school. So it's not like, you know, uh, they're, they're definitely in the environment in which they hear a lot of things and see a lot of things. And sometimes they're taught some things that are not consistent with biblical values. Right. And so it's, import- it's important to have those conversations with them, but also kind of cloak those conversations in love. You know, we're not against this group of people. We're not. You know, we just recognize it for what it is: these strongholds or these bondages in people's lives. And so we then been, been and we never complain about anything in this house. We pray about it. That's good. <laughs> we don't. We don't gossip. We pray. You know. <laughs> so
0: we're talking about outreach to our families. Let's talk about our spouse. What do you talk? What do you say to that person whose spouse is not necessarily walking with the Lord?
2: That's a challenge. Um, I think what what that comes down to is, um, and, and I, it's not something where I've experienced that. Both me and my wife gave our lives to Jesus at the same time, actually in a small little apartment in a little town called Genera, Ohio, that I guarantee you've never heard of. And uh, so it's not something that I've experienced. But I, you know, obviously counseling with people over the years, I've I've dealt with this question. The only way, I, I guess, you look at it. You know your partner, say say your wife or your husband, and they're uh, away from the Lord. What is it that that drew you to the Lord? What, was it the threat of punishment, or was it the goodness of God that drew your heart to repentance? And so, uh, without being a doormat, I'm not saying that you just let anybody do whatever they want to do. You know, you can't let your husband just blow all the money and go in all kinds of debt just because he wants to be a heathen you know but so with reason and with boundaries around it i think that you lead with the intention of i want to make god look good and so i have to accept that god is good and i have to showcase that god is good and i i think that um that's the best way to attack that on a regular basis
0: yeah all of this stuff has been fantastic i love to get your point of view uh interesting story the other day i had a conversation with my mother and my mother years ago became a born-again Christian and she wanted to go to quote her church, but my father, who's a staunch Roman Catholic, wanted to go only to the Catholic Church. And so it became to be it became a dividing thing. And I told my yeah. mother, I said, You know, you can be a Christian in the Catholic Church too, and you can live your life, but go to church with your husband, right? And yeah. She did. And it was so funny how many years ago we had this conversation and this past weekend, we're having another conversation. And she said, well, you know, we went to the Catholic church. Your father will never go to another church, but I've realized that I can worship God no matter where I go. And it was like, it came around for a full circle. I was so encouraged.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. What, what great, and what wise advice that you gave to her, uh, in regards to that, I think, I think that the, the, we need to know when to be flexible, okay? Mm -hmm. And uh, to not be so rigid um, in certain things. Obviously, we're rigid about the gospel, we're rigid about the the closed-hand doctrine that is not changing, okay? But at the same time, I think we recognize that, man, can I make a concession to what I want to do, okay, for the betterment of this relationship, to make sure that there's not a disrupted I would almost use the I word, uh, intimacy, you know what I mean, disrupted. Um, and we understand that intimacy is a lot more than what the world says that it is. Um, it's that that communication that, that has to be uh, the the bedrock of every marital relationship. So we want to preserve intimacy the best way that we can. And so we're going to try to not split up and go one way and then go to the other way. Uh, if I have to make a concession that I take responsibility, um, for my heart in this relationship, and so I make a confession and I go to the Roman Catholic Church if that's what it is.
1: Yeah, Jason, I uh, can't thank you enough, man, for taking your time, uh, uh, taking your time here to pour out your heart to these sure. folks that are listening today. And it's amazing because uh, you're you're absolutely right. We need to actually remind ourselves of these truths sometimes, right? and sure. just to, yeah. and i'm thinking about ministering to your spouse like even when you're both christians and reminding one another as iron sharpens iron right as a man sharpens the countenance of his friend spouse whatever that is right to Amen. continually yeah. remind ourselves that hey we are modeling God. We are modeling His love. We are modeling, in your case, the Father. And so thank you for joining us today and pouring out and sharing your heart. And uh, Jason, I just appreciate you uh, and all that you have to share with the body of Christ. Well, Mark, you're a dear friend to me. I really appreciate you and appreciate the opportunity
2: and obviously praying for everybody that's listening out there on Shine FM and uh, just hoping that they have a, a great God encounter today.
1: Amen. You've been listening to Time to Revive on Shine FM.
0: Thanks for listening to Time to Revive. This show has been brought to you by Shine FM and Revive Ohio. More information about this program at shinefmohio.com.
2: We're community-supported Shine FM.